Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 Podcasts. We're your hosts, Suzanne Kearns and Missy Stevens. We want to help you through everything that happens in the ellipses, from your professional life to your emotional health. You're a mom and so much more. Let's figure out what comes next together. Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 Podcast. I'm Missy Stevens, Mom and Dot 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 Writer, Foster Child Advocate. And this week, as we are recording this, is the day after the shooting in Nashville. And I was going to be something else, but I have to tell you, I'm just sad and I'm mad and I'm angry. And voting and contributing my dollars is just not enough anymore. And I don't know what the solution is for me, but I feel like talking about it and putting my money and my vote behind it, it's not enough anymore. I don't know what it is, but yeah, I woke up furious this morning, furious and sad, just combo that's not always very fun. Um, So that's me. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, believe me, I was at the Capitol all day yesterday for other things that were making Mm -hmm. me mad about Texas. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been a whole week. But in addition to that, I am Suzanne (laughs) Kearns, mom and dot, dot, dot writer, LGBTQ and sex ed advocate. And today I am getting ready for admitted student college visits. We're heading back to RIT in Syracuse this weekend. So by time y'all are listening to this, I think decisions will be made. I don't know. I should probably be at prom already. Like, so we'll see. Things are cruising. I know. Gosh, it's getting very, very real. Yes. Well, today we are really excited to welcome Siobhan St. Prue. Siobhan was born in Nassau, Bahamas. And at the age of seven, she and her family immigrated to the United States in pursuit of a better life. Once she and her family made it to the U.S., things got a little worse before they got better. Though her trials and tribulations consisted of losing both of her parents, entering foster care, and becoming a teenage mom, Siobhan overcame all obstacles and statistics that said she would fail. She eventually graduated from Florida International University and also obtained a master's degree there. Siobhan serves as the founder and director of Saints House, an organization that provides transitional housing and care coordination to youth who have been impacted by the foster care system. Siobhan's goal is to be a change maker, helping improve the lives of disadvantaged youth. Thank you so much for being here. Welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, and Missy and I are both big fans of supporting foster kids, the foster care system. I don't know how much you know about our backgrounds, but I've been on the board of a group called Caring Hope for six years that makes hope packs for kids who are entering foster care with necessity and comfort items for them to have as they're entering a new home. And Missy's a CASA and does other work with Foster Village. Foster Village. Yeah, we're going to link to that episode because we have an episode with founders from Caring Hope and Foster Village that we're on. Yeah. So Um, we're just very grateful for you, everything that you do. And I think it's so important for our listeners to hear your story. So we're grateful for you being here today. But Missy read your bio, but can you fill in some of the gaps and let us know how you got to where you are today? Yes, most definitely. Again, it's a pleasure to be here. My name is Siobhan St. Perrigan. I like to consider myself an advocate for youth who are aging out of the foster care system. I think that's the population of youth that I work the best with and that I am called to, to provide resources and just be a support for them. My journey started, you know, very young. I lost both of my parents. Both of my parents passed away by the time I, by the time age 10. I wasn't born. Oh. I was born in the Bahamas, came over here and then when I was over here, we didn't have family to take care of us. And then both of my sisters were teenagers and both pregnant. So mm-hmm. it just was a lot of stuff going on. So the best thing, and then on top of that, we were immigrants. So mm-hmm. the best thing to do was to go into foster care. And I went into foster care, staying in foster care for about four years. 
And then when my sister, who's just above me, she turned 18. She, When she turned 18, the judge granted her guardianship over me. So I was able to live with her and get out of foster care, but I still had an open case. So I would still receive my foster care benefits because if she would have adopted me or something, I would have lost all right mm. I turned 18 and it would have been like a waste. So um, my sister took me out of foster care when she was 18. I was 16 at that time. And then when I turned 18, college was never an option for me. I never wanted to go to college, not even because I was educated on college. I just felt like I don't, I don't want to do that. But also, I watched my parents be entrepreneurs all of my life that I did have there in my life. My parents worked for themselves. I remember vividly walking the streets of the Bahamas with my mother, and she sold everything. She sold mangoes. She sold sandwiches. She sold everything. Five years old, but I still could close my eyes and I could picture her walking and selling everything. So I think that's where the spark for entrepreneurship came from. So even though at a very young age of 18, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I always knew that I wanted to work for myself. But then they told me that if I went to school, I went to college, I would be able to get a check every month. I'm like, well, you know what? That doesn't sound too shabby. Maybe I, <laughs> maybe I should go to school and if it's going to be free money and I don't have to work and I could just go to school. So I was like, let me, let me take a shot at it. And that's so when I found out that. that. Yeah. Yes. And then that's when I found out that foster youth in Florida can go to any school in the state of Florida for free tuition waived. I'm not sure if you guys know that. Wow. But yes, you can go to school up to 28. So from 18 to 28, you have 10 years. And in between that time frame, you can get three PhDs if you could squeeze it in there. <laughs> right. um, I, I figured like, even though that's not what I want to do, you might as well. You get what I'm saying? Yep. I know, mm-hmm. um, the American dream is to, you know, go to school, go to college, raise a family. So I was like, you know what? I'm here. Here's an opportunity. Let me take advantage of it. And um, if school wasn't my thing, so in the beginning, it was very, very rocky until I got involved with the organization that I work for called Educate Tomorrow. I mean, they're a nonprofit in the organization that, I mean, in the community that provides resources to youth coming out of the foster care system. And their emphasis is on education. So when I got involved into their programming, it was the norm to like go to school and to graduate. And I think it's like, okay, I can do this school thing. And then from there, I just took off. I got my associate's degree and I was like, okay, that wasn't too bad. And then in a blink of an eye, I was graduating my bachelor's degree. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm done because I've never even wanted a degree. But then I was like, <laughs> I still have more years of this free schooling. Might as well just do it. And then the pandemic came and I was home bored anyway. So I was like, you might as well, you know, let me do it. And then I graduated with my master's degree. And then I was like, okay, yeah, I'm done. I'm so <laughs> I'm like, I'm not, I don't want to be a doctor. It's okay. I, I, I'm good. I accomplished a lot. I did a lot, and I think that was great for me. But throughout my time doing this work, working with the organization Educate Tomorrow as a student, I started working there full-time and full-time being a care coordinator, which is just providing resources to foster youth. And then while doing this work for all these years and around these population of youth, I'm like, okay, it's still so much that needs to be done and still so much that I can do. Mm -hmm. So my educational background is my undergrad, I did business administration. And then for grad school, I did marketing. So my big old thing is when I went to get a marketing degree, everyone in my whole cohort was so obsessed with getting a marketing job at a marketing agency. I'm like, yeah, I'm not here for none of that. The only thing that I'm (laughs) here for is to learn how to brand myself, how to tell a story. And that's what I wanted to learn from my. And um, 
So I just wanted to, yeah, I was like, okay, what more can I do? And of course, in business, business is all about finding a need and filling that gap. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, I noticed that, yeah, at the organization that I worked for and the work that I was doing in the previous years was providing resources to the youth. But then again, one of the biggest problems was housing. When foster youth turn 18, they have nowhere to go. Sometimes they have a great foster parent who lets them stay there. Other people are fortunate that they do have family like me. I had a sister who took me in. But imagine the ones who have no one, who don't have a foster parent. And the foster parent is like, on at 12 o'clock at midnight, your bags are at the door and I want you out. So mm-hmm. think about those youth. And then the thing about it, housing is one thing. But if you don't have someone to actually hold your hand and just be that love and support for you, these youths end up just, oh, the odds are just stacked against them. Oh, so. Yeah. I figured that's where I can come in. I was like, I, I think I can do something about that issue. And that's how Saints House was birthed. And when, when God gave me the idea and gave me the vision for Saints House, I was like, God, that is amazing. But I don't have a house. And I don't have a house. <laughs> we want to talk work. about that. We want to talk about what it was like to like have this vision, mm-hmm. have it put on your heart. And then have to actually do the nuts and bolts, the business part of it. Like, what did that feel like? And where did you, did you turn to someone for help? Like, what did you do? So that she's got a master's. (laughs) So so that's the thing. People have amazing ideas all the time, but it's about having the resources to bring it actually to fruition. And then on top, no matter what you want to do, it requires time, money, and patience. And, um, I'm a single mom, don't have a lot of patience these days. <laughs> Time and then money. Of, definitely a single mom and living in Miami rent is skyrocket here. It's not So I was like, yeah, God, all this is perfect. It sounds good. But again, I don't have the money or the resources to do none of this. And then I have a really great relationship with God and I'm very spiritual. And I just felt him tell me that you don't worry about none of that. You do what I called you to do. And I will provide. And I'm like, whatever that means. So the background story to how Saints House came to fruition was I had an ex-boyfriend. And my ex-boyfriend mother and me have a really great relationship. She's a little old lady and she knows everything (laughs) and everyone. So I told her, I'm like, mommy, I need a house to do a program out. And she was like, oh, it's not going to work. The housing market is crazy. It's not a lot of houses or whatever. I told you, you don't worry about that. Just find me somebody who has a house who is willing to partner with me and let me use their house. Because, of course, I didn't have the means to buy a house. So mm-hmm. I just find a property owner who's willing to partner with me and let me operate my program out of there. She's like, okay. I was like, okay. <laughs> and so, um, again, I didn't let that stop me, though. I think that this is the most important part of my journey. Sometimes people don't get projects started until they have the resources Mm -hmm. to get started. I think what I live by is you have to sow it before you see it. So you have to do the background work before it actually comes to you. So while I was waiting on the home, I did everything that I needed to do to set up the organization, everything legally. I did my nonprofit. I did the bank accounts. I did the paperwork. I did how the organization is going to be run. What's my vision? I did my business plan. I got me a a business mentor. It's the little steps that you need to complete before the big things come to you. So I did all that. And while I was faithful in that, one day my mother-in-law called me. 
and I was sleeping. I wasn't going to ask her a call, but something told me, give her a call back. So I gave her a call and she was like, Shay, Shay is my nickname. And she's like, Shay, I'm walking down my street and I see a guy cleaning out his house. And I asked him, what are you doing? And he said, I'm cleaning out my house because I have some tenants who lived in my home for two years. In two years, they never paid a dollar in rent. He said, the judge finally granted me an eviction and I'm waiting on the sheriff to come pick them out. And when they're out, I'm getting the house ready so I can rent it. She said, how many bedrooms is it? She said, my daughter is looking for a house to rent. So she calls me. She said, Shay, come, come here because the guy right down the street from my house is renting out his home. So I got on the phone with him and I told him, I said, well, you know, my mom told me that you're having problems with tenants. Come to find out this guy, 86 years old, super, super old, but super sweet. And he was, I've been ha- I was like, I know you've been having a lot of problems with tenants. He was like, yeah, I'm too old. I can't deal with it no more. I said, well, how about would you instead like to rent out to an organization? And then he was like, yeah, you know, that sounds like something good. Come by and see the house and, you know, we'll, we'll talk when you get here. Make a long story short, when I got there, I found out that his wife was in foster care as well. Oh. And my name is Siobhan St. Prue. His granddaughter name is Siobhan. And from the very moment that I walk in the home, he told me the house is yours. Once we get them out, I believe in you. You are a woman. I see you. You're about what you say. And we have a deal and we will make this come to fruition. And um, oh, I got goosebumps. I got so When you usually get a home, you, know, you have to pay first, last and security. I didn't have to pay none of that. He gave me the keys. He told me when the program takes off then you do what you have to do. But here are the keys. Make the house. Because, of course, you can imagine. He's an angel. He's an angel. He's my personal angel. Such such a sweetheart. Helped me so much. Did over and beyond what he had to do. But, of course, the people living in the house for two years, they didn't take care of the home. And that's so funny about vision. Because when God gives you a vision, it's only for you. So when (laughs) family would come to the house and see the house, of course, two years, they did take care of the house. The house was dirty. I thought it was awful. It was was awful. My family would come in like, I don't know. I don't think. I'm I'm not seeing this vision. I don't see it. (laughs) I'm like, okay, this God to me and I know what I'm going to turn into it. And again, it was hard. I had to put, because nothing worth having comes easy. So I had to put a lot of sweat equity into the home, but I was faithful. I knew by assignment. I knew what I was called for. I knew what I wanted to do. And I was faithful in that. And I, I'm a strong believer. And when you push God to pull, he'll send people to help you. I have a mentor who I met while I was in foster care. I was living at a group home as well. And um, she's been my mentor since I was 14 years old. She has an interior designer who interior designed her whole home. She was spreading. She was so proud of me of what I was doing. She spread the room to everyone that she knew about what I was doing. The interior designer who interior designed her home was so intrigued about what I was doing. Her and two other interior designers came along onto the project and interior, fully interior designed the whole home. Oh, my program. gosh. Oh, my gosh. Well, you program. know, you're like the ultimate stardust. We interviewed a woman named Becky Blades, and I'm going to connect you two because her thing is all about just getting started. Like when Suzanne and I interviewed her, 
I realize that I am not a good startist because I am waiting for all the pieces to fall into place. Mm -hmm. And I'm listening to you talk and I'm like, you are perfect. You are a startist. I love it. I love that you did that. But I think it's so important, all these resources that you're talking about as far as the mentors or the business coach that you have. And I think that even the way that you perceived education when you were young as like school wasn't for me kind of thing. Was that because you did not have the people who were giving you the necessary support? Support? Could education have been for you had you had people who helped it be for you? I think that was one of the most important parts. I never it was interested in education because I wasn't educated on it. Mm-hmm. I had I had no one to tell me, you know, about career readiness and career exploration. I just was going off of my own strength, which was nothing. I was a, a foster child with no parents. My sister was a teenage mom with barely guidance that she give me. She's doing great now, but we didn't have that guidance. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I got involved in organizations that supported youth and took advantage of the resources until I started like, hold on, this could be my way out because mm-hmm. I had those resources. So that's why I have now in the end dedicated my life to providing the resources to the foster care community because some of them, it's not that they don't want the help and the resources or don't want to make something of their lives. They just don't know. And I'm a firm believer in it's not just about providing resources to someone. Sometimes it's about holding their hand with Mm -hmm. my girls in my home. Not only that, they supposed to be either in school or a job. When it's time to register for school, I don't just tell them, well, you know, you need to be in school. You need to go to the school register. No, I go to the school with them because I understand that how, first of all, enrolling into college when you're as a foster child, they ask so many questions. Who's your parent? You got to find out about this and find out about Mm -hmm. that. For somebody who isn't even aware of all the information that they're asking and so much that they ask, it can get overwhelming really fast and you buy it. I don't even want to do it. You get what I'm saying? And that doesn't mean that they internally don't want to do it. It's just overwhelming. So I, I do wholeheartedly that. that someone, it's not just about providing a resource. You could throw resources at somebody all day. But if you, they don't have someone to help them be, my motto that I live by is everybody just need one person, one person to believe in them and mm-hmm. see that person move mountains. So these mentors, and they sound like they were very important you. I can see where they'd be important throughout the entire lifetime of someone in foster care. And we try to get our listeners to find ways that they can contribute in meaningful ways that align with their skills. I've got to think that there's programs either through your house or through other systems throughout the city where they could volunteer those mentor services, whatever their professional skill is, or just even filling out paperwork to, you know, for applications for school or for college. Is that something that you have a organized system around or is that something that you are open if some, you know, some listeners like, I want to be able to help the the girls in your house? What what would that look like? Definitely as I've just started, because I just launched Saints House in November. Sometimes I'm happy because when I talk to people, they're like, you're so well seasoned. Sound like you've been doing this for years. I'm like, well, the work I've been doing for years, but actually my own organization, I just launched. And of course, we are always looking for people who want to donate whatever they have to give. Like just yesterday, the Delta Sigma Theta, the Miami chapter, a group of over 350 women who just, is March is their sisterhood month, and they just wanted to find an organization to pour into, and they chose Saints House as their organization of choice. So I'm always looking for collaboration for people who are in the community, who want to do this work, who want to help 
sometimes it's not about what you can give. Sometimes it's just to come and say, I'm here and I care. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that is always a thing. And also one of the biggest, um, because I think it's just not the business mind of me. I'm always finding gaps and finding a way to fill those gaps. So that's another reason why I am looking to pursue this work full time. I do work full time at my job at Educate Tomorrow and I love them. They have truly created the foundation. Remember, everything happens for a reason. Every season you go through in life is for a reason to set you up for where you're going. And that was the true foundation to launch me off into the great things that I'm going to do in my own life. But now I'm looking more towards to doing this work full time. And again, the piece of this work that I want to focus on is filling that gap of having more support for these foster youth, especially the ones who are transitioning out of foster care. Because I just, I do feel like it's a delicate age at 18. At mm -hmm. 18, start of your life. If you do have someone in your corner, resources, you have a great chance of going in the right direction. But if at 18, you lack of resources, lack of support, and there's just no one to help you. That's how you fall into, you know, all these statistics that they have against foster youth, being homeless, yeah. being in jail, being teen pregnancy, just a whole bunch of stuff because the youth need the support. And again, I don't want to just repeat this. It's not just about because they all get a foster care check. It's not about the money. They can get mm -hmm. the money every month. But if they don't have the one holding their hand and guiding them and, and then helping them what to do, okay, what you think about this? Or what do you want to do? Because I think that's another thing that I'm exploring that foster youth, they just like, okay, do this, do this, do this. No, sometimes we have to figure out what are their goals for their life and help them. Yes. I mean, that's what our whole podcast is, is about, you know, 50-year-old <laughs> women who still haven't figured out what they want to do. So how can we expect right. that these 18-year-old kids who are, you know, they've just had usually a pretty zigzaggy childhood as far as being in and out of different homes, maybe not having the attention they need, whether it be from a teacher or any kind of adult that's helping provide that guidance. So, oh yeah, it's just, I just love so much of what you're doing and just uh, and providing that help. I want to talk a little bit about like just the nuts and bolts of how Saints House works for our listeners. Maybe they're in the Miami area. Maybe they're not. Maybe it's something they have thought about doing in their own area. Like, how do girls come into the home? Is it just girls? Yes. And how, like, how does that work? And what's the process? How long do they stay? All of it. Tell us the nuts and bolts. Yes, it's definitely all girls for now. Because my it's my first home. My goals and dreams and aspirations is to have more safe house homes. The first home is catered to the ladies. And I am also mommy and me program. I think Saints house. I created St. Thomas to be a direct reflection of me and, and my situation, how I was aging out of the foster care system. I was a teenage mom. A lot of the programs don't accept women with children because, of course, it's more responsibilities, more right. like, but I do accept children. So the way the process goes is I just work with the um, local foster care agencies, and that's how the youth get referred. Again, when you turn 18, as of, I think, in 2000. 13, there was a bill that was passed that when you turn 18, they found that at 18, these youth still lack support and they still don't have nowhere to go. Mm -hmm. So instead of just 18, you kicked out the door, they do have the opportunity to opt in and remain in extended foster care. Yes. So extended foster care is now from 18 to 21. So now that you're in extended foster care, technically the state is still your guardian and still in care of you. So they have to put you in approved placement. 
So approved placement would now be something like Saints House. Um, you would have to go through the process with the foster care agency. They would have to approve you, do inspection, your background check, and then once you're approved, the youth can now live in the home that you provide. So yeah, that's how I work with the local foster care agencies and the youth are there in accordance with the foster care agency. So extended foster care is from 18 to 21, but at my home and my program, youth can reside there from 18 to 23. That's the age ranges that I take. That doesn't necessarily mean that that's how long they're going to live there. Because like I tell all my girls, you're here for a good time, not a long time. <laughs> <laughs> the success of my program is around letting you come in while you're here. You get into school, you go to work, whatever is your goals, because sometimes school isn't for everybody. People just want to jump straight into a career and build mm -hmm. up from there. So whatever success looks like to you. So the way St. Thomas go, they move into the program as a wraparound service. So when they in, they are paired with a success coach. So we come up with a success plan. Again, that is whatever success means to you. So we work on weekly doing check-ins. Okay, if you want a job, okay, how's job searching going? Is like one of my girls, she was job searching and she just got a job at Checkers last week. And we were super excited about that because she is a felon. So a lot of jobs, she was job searching and they were denying her because of her record. But mm -hmm. Checkers gave her a chance and Checkers is what we have and Checkers is what we're thankful for because we know yeah. that once that opportunity comes, she'll get more opportunity. I told her, you never know. You may end up the district manager for all the, all the Checkers. So mm -hmm. we're, we remain optimistic about that. So again, once they move in, we come up with a plan on how to get you to success so you can successfully transition out of Saints House and out of the foster care system into self-sufficiency. I mean, it's it's amazing work. Yeah. Amazing work. I don't have the statistics in front of me and I always botch statistics anyway, but <laughs> I was struck when I did my training to become a CASA or a guardian ad litem. I don't know what they call them in Florida, but 18 is so pivotal and we lose so many children then we lose them in the system because a lot of them, they could extend it. They don't want to extend it because it's a lot of paperwork and a lot of like checks and stuff they have to go through and they're tired of living through that. And I think if they don't have someone to walk alongside them and say, here's how we're going to manage this, they say, no, thank you. And then they're out. And I'm, we did an exercise when I was in training where they said, like, pretend that you are moving out at the age of 18. Where did you get your plates? Where did you get your silverware? And most of us were like, oh, well, my parents gave me some. Mm -hmm. Like These kids don't have that. No one's going to set up their first apartment with a set of sheets and plates and forks and, you know, get them on their feet. They are, like you said, a lot of them at the door with their bag, their one bag of belongings. And that was another. I used all my lived experiences to create my program for my own life. So at St. Thomas Auto Love, you guys got a chance to look at the, um, on the website, it is a page that shows how the house is decorated. Mm -hmm. I think that was a big emphasis to my vision because the interior designers, designers asked, what was your vision for your house? And we just all agreed that it's something beautiful because in foster care, you don't get that. You don't get a beautiful home that's well-kept, well-maintained and, and decorated. They just put you wherever is a bed, where is an open bed. Mm -hmm. And again, especially when these, you turn 18, they don't have a house that has everything for them. At Saints House, everything is provided for the youth. They move in. All they have to do is come with their clothes. I do have some youth who unfortunately come with no clothes. Okay. And yeah. I work very hard. But I'm very popular only because people are always asking me, how do you know everybody? I said, because <laughs> I was in foster care and I went to a lot of schools. Every time I went to a new school, I had to make new friends. Oh, so, yeah. 
from every new school. So imagine by the time I'm a dog, I know everybody from down south all the way up north because I taught <laughs> in different schools. But it worked out for me because I used my popularity to advocate for my program. I know a lot of girls, girls who are boutique owners who own their own clothing line. So I have a lot of young ladies. Everybody now in the community knows Siobhan as the girl who has group home. So mm-hmm. I the sorrow of donations of clothing. And I'm a firm believer in we don't take no mess. I'm so sorry mm-hmm. because it's such a stigma that always oh, just foster care, all the old clothes that have holes in it that happen mm-hmm. to go. I'm just gonna give it to us. We don't want none of it. Mm-hmm. I thoroughly expect everything and I only want the best for my girls. They'll tell you now they came into St. House with one bag of clothes. Now they have bags full of clothing because their closet doesn't have any more space. So I, <laughs> I'm like, you girls need to get some bins and y'all need to give me some clothes. Y'all got one. <laughs> so I think those are the most important things because it's one thing to provide resources in, in the um, areas of like getting into school and jobs, but it's those little things too. What about clothes? What yeah. about toiletries? So I do have an Amazon list that my women's ministry group, I was so blessed by them that they provided everything for the house, all the pots and pans, all the toiletries for the girls. So every time a girl moves into St. house, they are welcomed with a welcome bag and inside it's everything that they need. A towel, a rag, pad, everything. So, yeah. Oh, all of the new things are what matters as well. I love Do you, is your Amazon wish list open? Like, can we share it with our listeners? Yeah. Okay. Definitely. I'm going to get you to send that to us so that we can... Yes. And, yeah. uh, and also another thing I think I focus on as well, too, why I love the work that I do, because it's just not like a group home. Well, obviously, my girls, too, like when they hear people refer to it as group home, they go crazy. They're like, it's not a group home. It's our home. And that makes me feel good because I do try to keep it as family centric. Like I take them out on the weekends. Sometimes I get donations from people and we take that. And if it's somebody's birthday, we go celebrate. You get what I'm saying? These. Just sitting at a restaurant like Chili's that has a $20 meal are experiences that my girls never have been awarded to. Like on this weekend, we're going to the local youth fair. Some of them have never been to the youth fair. So I, I like that it's small, it's a small program as of now. And even if I end up having 10 houses, I always wanted to have that same feel of this is not just a group home, but this is your home. Oh, that's so yeah. special. And I love the idea of wanting to have... And it's not that it has to be these bougie high-end items, but to have something that's new and special and not the cast-off. Same thing for the organization that I serve on the board of Caring Hope. Everything is a new item. It's a new bag. Mm -hmm. It's nice stuff. They're opening a similar home called Hope's Home in the next several months for girls who are aging out of the foster care system. And same thing. They wanted it to be beautiful, not just a roof, not just being protected from the cold, but someplace where they felt special and that felt like a home. And I just, I love that you're holding the same value for your girls. And then sometimes the structure still doesn't work for some of the youth. I've been finding that like sometimes, you know, they're traumatized from foster care and being 18 and moving into yet another group home, even though it's just a great group home, I still have rules. I have to maintain rules because again, I'm a program that has children. I have a, a house full of girls. So there are certain rules that have to be upheld. Those visitors, you get what I'm saying? Inside the home, visitors can visit you outside, but not inside the home. Mm-hmm. Uh, or drugs, no disrespect. So certain rules that are simple rules, but again, sometimes they don't work for everyone. So it's a learning curve as well. I know for a lot of listeners who may be interested in doing some of this work, a lot of times people, you know, tell me all the time, oh, I love what you're doing. I want to do the same. It looks amazing. I'm like, 
I may make it look easy, but it's not for the week. It's oh, definitely yeah. a big, big task, especially dealing with youth who've been traumatized all their life and they need to have someone who wants to pour into them and give them real love and resources, but they don't know how to receive. And then they take it out on me who just wants to help. So at first I, I was handling it, but I do have to hire some help just because, you know, it is a lot. And I do have a son. I have the, my own life that I have to take care of. And sometimes it gets really, really stressful. I bet it does. It, you're, you're taking care of a lot of people. So what are you doing to make sure that you are taking care of yourself? Because that type of work, it's a lot. It's it a lot. A you're, yeah. A lot. It's a lot. Sometimes, I don't know, I just hurry every day. I just try to push through. But the only one thing that I can say that I gave to myself to give myself a piece of sanity is at nighttime, I put my phone on do not disturb. Mm. And I said, whatever it is, I will deal with it in the morning. Because if it pops off at four o'clock in the morning, I'm home sleeping with my son. It's not much that I can do anyways. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. So just even for sanity, because imagine three o'clock in the morning, you're sleeping, your third dream, and then your phone is ringing off because something happened or something even minor. And then now you're up, your heart is racing, you can't go back to sleep, you're stressing. So for my sanity, every night I've been going to sleep with my phone and do not disturb. And that's that's been helping a little bit. And then in the morning, sometimes I call them back like, Miss, why you wasn't answering the phone? I was kind of telling you I couldn't find a remote. I'm like, that's, <laughs> that's why I didn't answer the phone. That's why my phone is not disturbed. <laughs> yeah, that is not an emergency. Life lesson it's for not, today is that is yeah. not an emergency. <laughs> can only do so much support. I don't want to let go of you before getting your advice. So you also own a small business. Yes. Correct? Yes. And so for our listeners, it's called Enchanting Beauty. And you relaunched it in 2021. Yes. Um, so that was no small feat to do that in the middle of a pandemic. But you've done that. You run that business. You're running Saints House. Do you have any lessons or tips for doing this, for any of our listeners who may be thinking, I'm going to start my own thing, I'm ready to start a business, or I'm ready to start something like Saints House. Is there something you learned along the way? Like, this is my go-to tip for starting a business. Yeah, I think it's just about being serious and spending time on your craft and what you believe in. And say, for example, a lot of people have jobs, right? You know, you've got to go to a job nine to five, 40 hours a week, and you're so committed to that because you're... You're hearing, okay, this is what my pays my bills. This is my test. This is what I have to do. But then when it comes down to your own business or whatever you're passionate about, you give it one hour every other month. You're not <sighs> think whatever you yep. do, you have to focus on it. Even if you're planting a tree, the only way it's going to grow is if you go water it every day, you put the right soil and you give it the right time. Whatever you want to do, give it your time, give it your all. And again, goes back to the, the phrase that I say, sow it before you see it. You don't have to know all the steps. All the steps will come as you go, but just go. Put your best foot forward every day. Even if you don't have the money, even if you don't have the resources, you can do research on it. You get what I'm saying? No matter whatever the niche is that you're interested in, find out who's going to be your customers. What are you going to offer? Do that background knowledge. And as you go, it'll be more clear, the more resources will come to you, and you'll do what you have to do. I think yeah. that's such a great that's idea because awesome. a lot of our listeners are stay-at-home moms that maybe they're tied down time-wise with 
and physically with their children <laughs> at home. And yeah, it, they may not be ready to start a business or to go 40 hours a week into whatever their passion project is. But yeah, the here and there, instead of scrolling through Facebook, do a little bit Work of that research. It. Take some time. There's so many great classes and information sessions available online that, yeah, it's a great way to spend time instead of just scrolling. Although I'm... Yeah. I'm guilty of some scroll holes every once in a while. Yeah, so. I don't know what you're talking about. I've never done it. <laughs> uh, and I just do want to reiterate because there's a lot of listeners. I, I think a lot of us, our hearts get pulled, especially when we talk about kids and foster kids that right. want to do so much. You know, not everybody's going to be able to do what you do as far as really dedicating your life to these kiddos. But there's probably ways that they can support. So some that might yeah. be monetary. So we'll make sure we put a link in the show notes to how you can donate, uh, whether it be the wish list or just <laughs> here's some cash, you do the shopping. Yeah. Um, uh, but then also, I don't know, there may be people, again, for Hope's Home here in Austin or for Saints House in Miami or whatever your community service is for kids who are aging out of the foster care system or even kids who are in foster care still. I've got to think that there's organizations that would be thrilled to have access to what your skills and your abilities are, whether that's boots on the ground, you know, helping them do some of the labor, cleaning up those houses when they're <laughs> when, right. when the tenants haven't been doing anything for two years or, you know, bringing in supplies or I mean, we work with a lot of coaches and a lot of people who are therapists uh, offering those services. So I just want to make sure that everybody takes a look at the show notes for a bunch of different ways that you can help Siobhan with Saints House or get some more information about what's available in your own community. If it's something that you want to be actually giving your time and your hands to instead yeah. of uh, the money right now. Um, yes. Well, tell our listeners before we do our look, listen, learn where to find you, like what, the, what website, or if you're on the socials anywhere, where can people connect with you? Yes. So Saints House has an Instagram. I try to upload on that a lot and, you know, just share about the collaborations that I'm doing. Well, I collaborate a lot of different organizations. So I highlight a lot of that. Sometimes I take really fun and cool trips with the girls. So I post on that. So that's Instagram is at Saints House with an underscore. That's A-I-N-T-S-H-O-U-S-E underscore. And then I also have, you can find us online, www.saintshouse.org. And then I have my personal Instagram, which is at S-H-A-Y-M-U-L-L-A-A. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, yes. we'll put it in the show notes in case y'all are driving. And you're like, I didn't get that. What? <laughs> and then I also just, for people who are local to our Austin area as well, the Caring Hopes Hopes Home is going to be opening, gosh, in the next few months. So there's going to be needs there as well. So we'll put a link to that just in case people are available in the Austin local area. All right. All right. So let's see. Are you ready for some look, listen, learns? The look, listen, learns for yeah. anybody who is new to the show today. Welcome. We're so glad you're here. But at the end of each show, we just spent a few minutes talking about things that we are look, listening, and learning. So that can be something that we are reading or watching or listening to music or podcasts or learning about. And we do not like to put our guests in the hot seat first. So Missy, what are you up to this week? All right. So I have been reading Women Are the Fiercest Creatures by Andrea Dunlop. And she was one of the authors that was at the Fierce Women Retreat that I went to with Zibby Owens and Zibby Books. Mm -hmm. 
And Andrea is so smart and so kind. And the book is great. I highly recommend it. Again, it's called Women Are the Fiercest Creatures. Is it a novel or nonfiction? It's a novel. Okay. It's a novel and it's about three women who all share an ex. Oh, Lord. And what's going on? (laughs) Right. And some of it is, oh, Lord. Uh, But it's very, it's just a very strong feminist book, but also great, great story at the same time. You like, I feel like I'm learning but it's fiction and it's a story and she's wonderful and smart like if you ever get a chance to hear andrea dunlop speak i recommend it because she's just she's got it going on i liked her a lot <laughs> yeah uh, and the thing i was going to talk about my learn is connected is i haven't really talked about this yet but i went to that retreat at the beginning of spring break did not know what to expect went by myself i always have a wing woman usually suzanne <laughs> And I went by myself, which was really scary. And on my 50 before 50 bucket list, one of my things was to go to a retreat. And now I think I'm going to amend it and do a retreat in the spring and a retreat in the fall. Um, Because it was really great for me to get away. And I know extreme privilege. Not everybody can do this. But we've had Jenny Remington on talking about how to do like a simple retreat in a few hours, like how to design it. So I you can take this concept and boil it down to whatever time you have. But having that time that was just mine, I was in my own space. I had my own room, my own thoughts. It was really, really good for me. And I left feeling really energized. Sometimes I leave social things like that depleted because it's hard for me. But I left feeling energized. I'm still processing everything I learned because a lot of it was just very personal everybody learned something different. I think they're every attendee probably. And it was a really small group, but also really done well. So if you get a chance to go on a Zibby retreat, take it. She does a good job. Everything is she done. done everything she does is just yes. perfection. So great. Her team is amazing. Amazing. She has wonderful people working with her. And we got these bags. I brought it to show for my show and tell, which the right. whole retreat was like tied yeah. to this women are the fiercest creatures book and those bags were partnered with citizens of humanity like they're not just a zazzle bag that the rest of us would order for a giveaway like they're really nice bags yeah talking about trying to make sure you get the good stuff (laughs) right i mean she just does everything so so nicely it made everybody feel really special and aside from the bouginess of it it was just a good mental break for me and I made some nice new friends and learned a lot about myself and has re-energized my work. It was great. So I just wanted to throw out there that if you ever get to go on a retreat of any kind, but especially a Zibby one, I learned that that's a good one to do. But you know what? That's also a really good reminder. First of all, the recharging benefits of a retreat, but then we should relink to that Jenny Remington episode. Yes. Because this idea of, okay, yeah, that is a very privileged place to be able to get out of the state and to be able to pay for the thing. Whereas Jenny's session was really good in the sense that a retreat can also just be a time for yourself, even even if it's somewhere in your home where no one can find you. And it's a time that you've set aside for yourself with an intention to do a particular thing instead of just sitting there going, well, I'm sitting here, I'm bored. Can You can turn that into a retreat. So if you want to get yeah. intentional about making space for yourself on a regular basis and to work towards your goals, that would be a really good episode. Too. It was really encouraging to me that And it made me want to do it more Mm -hmm. where like taking that time, there is a direct benefit. Sometimes I think we see like, well, I'm going to take this time and I know I should, or I'm feeling fried. Maybe I'll take this time, but will it be worth it? 
it will be worth it. I mean, it's just, and going away like that, I learned a lot. Like I haven't traveled by myself in a long time, like truly by myself. Like I fly by myself a lot, but I'm like meeting a friend on the other end or mm-hmm. something like that. Like I truly did this by myself and like, that's good for you. So even if you're doing it on a smaller front at home, maybe you go somewhere in your city you've never been or try a new park or something like there's just something great about what that does for your brain. So we will link to that episode. And I'm so happy I did that. And I, it already feels like a thousand years ago. So I'm trying to keep it alive. (laughs) You got to do it again. I'm going to do one every month. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Mark, how do you feel about this? I need a new full-time job for that. Yeah. So that's mine for this week. What about you, Siobhan? What are you up to? Well, I've been reading what to do until Love Finds You by Michelle McKinney Heyman. Mm-hmm. And I'm in, I'm currently in a single season. Mm-hmm. That's a part. Not only am I pursuing this same house journey working with youth, I'm also healing from the things that I've been through in my own life. Because I'm a firm believer you can't pour from an empty cup. And I can't be a role model to these youth if I still have things that I'm harboring in my heart and I'm hurting from. So I'm on a healing journey as well. So one of my traumas was not knowing how to be alone. And that stemmed mm-hmm. back from losing my parents, going into foster care, being separated from my siblings. And then from that, I always felt like I needed to have a boyfriend because they would complete me. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm unlearning all those negative behaviors, learning that it's okay to be alone. It's okay to love myself and to be whole. Because then when I'm whole, I will find another person who's whole and they will become one. So I'm learning how to love myself and just educating myself on what to do. I felt like I had the wrong idea of love anyways. So Mm -hmm. I'm learning healthy, healthy love, healthy boundaries and just relearning what love is. So that's what I'm looking at. And as far as um, what's the actual learn? Look, Uh, look, listen, learn. And you don't have to do all of them or you can. (laughs) I was prepared. I was prepared. Uh, As far as listening, um, that's another thing I I changed a lot. I changed, I've been like, you change your mind, you change your life. And I had to go through that. I had to do a lot of changes in my life. Um, even before I launched St. House, it's not even all about St. House, but I had to make a lot of things in my life because my life was going in a direction where it wasn't making sense. And I was like, okay, I have to make some changes so my life can be in the way that I need to go. So I changed even the music that I listened to. I was listening to a bunch of garbage. So now I listen to a lot of um, music that's more soothing to my soul. So I listen to a lot of gospel, but primarily new age gospel, which is like Maverick City, Elevation Worship Music. So that's what I try to take my time listening to. And then also I listen to a lot, a lot of podcasts, a lot of sermons. Some One of my favorite podcasts is, I have a couple, Brown Girl Self-Care. And then blessed and bossed up. And then, of course, I have some therapy for Black girls, Woman Evolved, I Am Woman, Transformation Church, Elevation Church, Root Church. So been listening to a lot of things that just filled me up instead of just a whole bunch of garbage. And then it's yes. the last one, what I'm learning. So again, so I do have a gentle beauty, but that's not an ambition project. That's what I like to do. Like, you know, running a business, selling items. And, you know, that's what I like to do. But then I have my passion and purpose project, which is the thing that I know that I am called for, that I was created for. I know a lot of women are on this earth, like you said, 50 years old and can't find what their calling is, what they were born to be. Mm-hmm. I am fortunate by God's grace. I have been awarded to know what I was placed on this earth to do. So I have the duty to do that. 
all the things that I want to do, I can still do, but I have those things that comes first. So set up two different ways. Saints House is a for-profit organization because it's income producing. They pay for the girls to be there. So it's an income, it's a social services organization, but it also is a for-profit organization. But I also have a non-profit organization. So the nonprofit is the work that I do with the youth who reside in the home. And that's the success coaching. So I found as I've been doing the success coaching with the youth, like, okay, I'm doing this great success coaching to these youth. But what about the other, hypothetically, 1,500 foster youth who transition out of foster care who also need success coaching and need access to resources? Mm -hmm. So what I'm learning is how to fill that gap, not only providing for the foster youth that I could touch at Safe House, but the additional foster youth in the community who need those services. So I'm, I'm working on my next project, how to have just like a resource center, which is a drop-in resource center in a community where these youth could come in and access these resources. So I'm learning all about that, sewing it before I see it, doing oh, all wow. the work to figure out. Because while housing is one thing, it's very important. Mm -hmm. But I could, and, and that limits myself. I can only work with the youth in that home. there. Yeah. That there. But there's still a whole bunch of other youth who need the same support and resources. So the only way that I'll be able to touch them is if I have at least a place where they can come in and get the resources. So that's the next thing I'm learning and I'm working on. Whew. It's amazing. <laughs> I know. I don't want to have to go after that. My look who's and learn to go. <laughs> no, seriously. I was like, oh, I'm not learning. <laughs> I'm not aiming as high with my look listen learns this week. Oh, oh, but actually one of them is going to come in handy, hopefully for more people than just me. Because a couple weeks ago, we had our episode with Meredith Ethington by the time this mm -hmm. runs. And she had mentioned the binaural beats. So I Googled it and I was like, oh, I'll just play that on the, the Sono system while I'm oh, just uh -huh. farting around the house and I'll become super focused because I'm just listening to the Sonos binaural beats. But I was listening to a podcast, the Good Life Project podcast, and they had an episode called Seven Habits to Dramatically Improve Focus. And they mentioned binaural beats, which was really weird because I've heard that exactly zero times in 50 years until a couple of weeks ago. And now I've heard it twice. But he pointed out the fact that it needs to be with headphones. Because the whole point is that like it's the sound it here and then the sound here and then the sound here and oh. then the sound here. And that's uh -huh. what is activating both sides of your brain or whatever. Right. So she had mentioned that she listens to it on her headphones, but I was just like, oh, because she just listens on her headphones. But so if that is something that you are interested in using either for meditation or for improving focus or helping you fall asleep or whatever, you got to do it with the headphones. So that was that was an interesting listen and learn for me. I was like, yeah. oh, okay. But yeah. it is kind of just good white noise music to have on the background, even if yeah. you're not getting the binaural benefits or whatever. Spotify. I feel like Spotify should actually sponsor our podcast because I think I talk about them once a week. Yes. But <laughs> Spotify has playlists, binaural beat playlists. Yeah. That you can just pop it in and just ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Sinos. My Lord, a Sonos is not going to be our sponsor because I can't <laughs> say their name this week. Uh, but yeah, they had the same thing. But he also mentioned about certain levels like, oh, you listen to the one to three decibels if you're trying to focus and then the three to five if it's for I don't know what it's other right. stuff. Yeah, you gotta listen to his episode. Relaxation. It, yeah, but it was really good. And he mentioned other stuff too. Everything was very 
bi-focused in the sense it was walking so that the left and the right sides are going. So it was very mm -hmm. interesting talking about like if you're nervous or whatever, doing something where you're doing your, yeah, like tapping. touching your left and your right hand and then you're here. Mm -hmm. So just bringing those two sides of your body together. Yeah, Shannon Rafalowski talked to us about that way back. I mean, yes. That was a long time ago when we did that episode, but there's yeah. something about that with your brain crosses the this line in your yes. body because sometimes my willpower just doesn't work and so i gotta no. i gotta sneak attack my brain by, by just touching things let's see what am i looking at again i am not high level this week but succession is back we on started oh my gosh what I mean, we started the horrible, show but not this season horrible horrible people but oh my god i just <laughs> love that people. show Oh my God, those people are just horrible. But anyway, and Yellow Jackets is back on too, but we're too cheap to pay for all those months of showtime. So my husband reminded me how we usually do it. We wait till the end of the season and then we do like the free showtime block and then we just binge it all at one time. So I got to wait. So don't y'all give me any spoilers. I can't because I just watched the very first episode for free because I got one free one <laughs> on showtime. And I like I'm hooked. I want to know what's next. It's kind of dark and twisty and a oh, little bit super dark. Icky. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, I don't know if I'm here for this, but then. I'm like, oh, I want to, but I'm waiting too. I'm going to wait for two seasons to be ready, and, and then we'll get our free all. month of Showtime and watch it all. <laughs> oh my god! He's like, meanwhile, I'll fly out of the state to go to my conference, but I can't pay fifteen dollars for Showtime. <laughs> that just doesn't seem like a valuable use of my money, right? We have our priorities. Okay. And my bonus learn after going to the Capitol yesterday all day to go drop my card and testify against HB 1686, which makes going to the doctor, even for like a strep throat, illegal for trans kids here in Texas. But for whatever the causes that you believe in, there were a lot of Moms Demand Action shirts there. There were uh, We've got bills covering everything uh, this legislative session mm -hmm. in Texas. But it is just a reminder for all of us allies with privileges out there to step up and not require the kids who are being attacked, the people who are being marginalized, to be responsible for just fighting for themselves, by themselves, all the time. We have this privilege of safety. That doesn't mean that you need to go put your agenda and your words over theirs, but go ask them what they need and how you can support and then go freaking do it because it's exhausting being yeah. at the receiving end of so much hate all the time and then having to be the only one who's standing up for yourself. So just a reminder, just like the foster kids, there's a lot of other communities that need our support as well. So go do yeah. your part to be a That's caring right. citizen this this week. Yeah, I'm taking <laughs> note from Siobhan, who's just out there doing it. Doing it even before you can do it. Like, she's yeah, just, just, oh my gosh. <laughs> I feel like, like you're one of those superheroes. Who's the super speed superhero that like, they're Flash. there and then like they're the rest of their body like has to catch up with them like they ran so oh, fast yeah. like <laughs> the, the rest of them's just kind of like steam behind them catching up and mm -hmm. as someone who like missy has to have everything in order and know how everything's gonna work and have thought out every possible thing that could go wrong before i can take that first step i just admire so much what you're doing and especially the, the what you're doing it for we need a million of you but i'm glad we at least have one <laughs> One of you doing it yes even the kids that can just fit in that one house those are lives that you're changing it's going to be like the pebble in the pond effect it's going to have these ripples throughout the whole community throughout their whole lives that i'll come back to the point of view 
taking they're going to touch so many lives too. Thanks. Thanks to you making sure they get a chance. Thank you so much. Love it. Okay. So remind us again, where to go find you so people can go donate and get some good stuff for the house there. Yeah, definitely. So on the website, www.saintshouse.org, it's a donation tab and you can donate monetary on there, but also under there is an Amazon wish list, and it's a whole list full of all goodies that's for the home, towels, toothbrushes, all things that girls need. So um, yes, anything appreciated, it. rather it's $5, $50, doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't matter about the amount. We just thankful for everything. The girls are always in need of resources. So everything counts and we're thankful. Yeah. Most people listening That's are parents. You know that these yeah. teenagers need some stuff and then right. and then they need it again because yep. they, yep. they use it all up. <laughs> so I yeah, mean, multiple times a week I get the, hey, mom, I'm out of this shampoo. It's soap. It's whatever. But. Yeah, you know, happens over and over again. I'm like, I swear I just bought you that. Yep. There it goes away. So yes, Mm -hmm. uh, we'll have all those links in the show notes. And we're just so excited to know you and know what you're doing. So thank you so much for your time today and sharing your story with us. Thank you for being here. Have a great afternoon. (laughs) All right. Bye-bye. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for the mom and dot, dot, dot podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. And if you know someone else who could benefit from the episode, please be sure and share it with them. And while we're begging, please subscribe and rate us wherever it is you listen to podcasts. You can find links to all the things we discussed today in our show notes or over at our website, momandpodcast.com with the A-N-D spelled out. In between shows, find us over at the socials, including our private mom and community Facebook group. The links to that group, and all of our socials can be found at momandpodcast.com. Thank you so much for your support. We appreciate you more than you know. Now go out there and make your ellipses count.